Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, February 4th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, increasing gun violence and hate crimes have forced some black pastors to find ways to keep their congregations safe. The choices are not always comfortable. It's a tough conversation to balance truly being security aware with the notion of a congregation which is to be warm and welcoming. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson examines what local black pastors are doing to make their churches safer. First, the headlines. The top Republican in the Missouri Senate wants to eliminate gambling machines that are popping up in gas stations and restaurants throughout the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from Senate President Pro Tem Dave Schatz's appearance on our Politically Speaking podcast. One of the most controversial issues the legislature is tackling this year is what to do with so-called gray machines. Those are devices that have popped up in restaurants and gas stations that look and act like slot machines. Schatz filed a bill that would effectively ban these devices. He says the machines are problematic. If I want to go and and stand in the casino and gamble, I'm, I'm perfectly able to do that, but I don't want to feel like every time I walk into a gas station that I've entered into a two-bit casino, uh, and, I, and I have to tolerate uh, that particular environment. Schatz's bill passed out of a Senate committee earlier this year and is awaiting debate on the floor. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Drivers who take Interstate 64 to downtown St. Louis are losing five ramps to permanent closures. The Missouri Department of Transportation plans to replace them with easier-to-use new highway exits. The closures took effect yesterday. The project is designed to improve roads near major developments planned near downtown. They include the Major League Soccer Stadium and the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's West Headquarters. John Parker is the Director of Communications for St. Louis's Economic Development Arm. He says the construction does not have an exact timeline. This is Missouri, and you'll, uh, you'll have to deal with weather conditions and all kinds of things, but uh, you know, we hope to get it finished as, as fast as possible. MoDOT intends to complete the work before the professional soccer season begins in early spring 2022. In Illinois, the state's Department of Transportation has closed a stretch of Interstate 255 in the Metro East. The highway is shut down in both directions between Collinsville Road and Interstate 64. Officials say it will likely reopen in June. Illinois marijuana dispensaries sold nearly $40 million of recreational cannabis last month. It was legalized January 1st. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt has more on the sales figures released by the state's Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. Dispensaries sold a lot of recreational marijuana last month. Illinois consumers made up the bulk of the $40 million of cannabis sold, buying more than $30 million of it. Out-of-state residents accounted for $8.5 million of sales. Illinois has not released tax revenue figures yet. These strong sales come amid a statewide shortage of cannabis flour, and dispensary operators and cultivators don't expect the market will slow down. The state has approved 48 recreational dispensaries and will add at least 75 more by May. Illinois supply and provisions in Collinsville is still the only place in the Metro East that's open for recreational sales. In Belleville, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. 
President Donald Trump delivers the State of the Union tonight. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer will give the Democratic Party's response. St. Louis Public Radio will air NPR's special coverage beginning at 8 tonight. Black churches have long been on the receiving end of violence in the U.S., The increasing rate of gun violence in the region has led some churches to take extra security precautions. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson reports on how some black churches are grappling with being the target of hate crimes while also dealing with gun violence. It's Sunday morning at New Northside Missionary Baptist Church, and members of the congregation are cutting loose with the choir. While the inside of the church is welcoming, the outside is fortified. There are armed security guards in the church parking lot and security cameras along the building. Reverend Roger Burton has led the Jennings congregation for seven years. He says the job comes with highs and lows, including losing five members to gun violence. You know, I knew there'd be challenges being a pastor in an urban area in the city of St. Louis. I knew there'd be some things unique, but I didn't contemplate this level. In 2015, just two years into the job, the white doors to his church were set on fire. It was one of seven predominantly black churches in the region that were targeted in a string of arson attacks. That's why they beefed up security. They also participated in several active shooter and security trainings. Barbara Spencer Perry has been a member of the church since 1978. She says at one point in time, she would have questioned having armed security, but now she welcomes it. The way things are, it doesn't concern me. Give me a sense of, of, of comfort knowing that our cars won't be broken into, um, that we can leave and come and go without being concerned about someone actually out there to gun us down. But the reality is some black churches just aren't as concerned about an active shooter. In fact, there are some pastors who have opted to leave it in God's hands instead of taking security measures. Burton says at his church, many are more concerned about street crime and gun violence. Unfortunately, the desire for security for our congregation is still stemming around the more actuality of street crime or a possible domestic event. So we view that through the lens of it would be more possible that someone would rush up in here in a domestic situation as opposed to a racial attack. This also rings true for Reverend Charles Bobo Sr. He's the pastor of Westside Missionary Baptist Church in North St. Louis. He says escalated violence and shootings near their church led them to up their security team from 2 to 20 people, all in plain clothes. Bobo gets daily reminders as to why this is even necessary. We just had someone shot down the street last night. Um, A young boy was shot on the corner right here where we are. this past summer. Uh, So we know that there is a problem, um, but if we're going to help, we can't leave, but we're going to do everything that we can uh, to help our community. It's not just a concern for the people in his neighborhood. It's also people in his church. Reverend Bobo took over the church for his father last year. And in that time, one of his pastors, Demetrius Stewart, was gunned down. It devastated me. I had just taken over as pastor and this was a major blow. Um, I got a, I saw, I read a text at two o'clock in the morning and I could not believe it. I called somebody right away and it was just heartbreaking and devastating. 
Since then, Bobo says that tragedy made him and his congregation more passionate about gun violence. Truth is, faith leaders are pulled in two different directions when it comes to keeping his congregants safe, says Karen Aresti, the regional director of the Anti-Defamation League Heartland. It's a tough conversation to balance truly being security aware with the notion of a congregation which is to be warm and welcoming and create that secure and safe spiritual place for your members. And they seem to be in conflict. Wrestling with that is something that Reverend Burton says he thinks about all the time. To present the hope, but then also address the brokenness, which is real, which in a week it can be a member who, you know, their child has been shot or their child is a perpetrator. You know, so so that that's where we are. You deal with it theologically, you deal with it through advocacy, and you deal with it through a lot of tears. But he says he's still a realist. Both congregations have a no-gun policy, and in the end, they both believe in the power of prayer. I'm Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Shula Newman edited that report. Shula is also the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. That means she's the boss. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.